Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Welcome back to Rip and Rock, episode 13. Our schedules have been off, but the Orioles have been on. We're back. We're back. Yeah, you're back. I'm back. I've been here. Yeah, you know, this is Colorado. Colorado's great for those that that have been following or not following. My sister just got married, so that was a really exciting time. Um I felt better, but would I do it again? Absolutely. Just that means that we had a very good celebration. And uh, currently, as I'm speaking here, I'm very cozy and comfortable on your couch here, Rock. And I might, there's a chance I could doze off. Maybe you could, you know, do a lullaby for me to get <laughs> some rest. I'm running on E, folks, but I'll get the music box out. Perfect. Yeah. Set, set the tone, set the mood, help with a nice relaxation. But how about the Mo's though? Seriously, it's, I, I would never, my family means, you know, the, the most to me, but I know back here and I was following Baltimore O's absolute electricity this past weekend. Yeah. We're going to break that all down on this episode. A lot to talk about. On national TV, the birds just shine the brightest on that Sunday night baseball game and Camden Yards yes, was packed. Did. It is something just great to see and it gives you a preview of what it could look like come playoff time if they're there. Playoffs. Playoffs. The O's win the season series against the Yankees with that big 9-3 win over New York. Tyler Wells, not demoted to AAA, but the O's sent him down to AA. What that means for Wells, who was, you thought, having an all-star caliber season uh, in that first half. Jordan Westberg removed from last night's game, and that kind of raised some eyebrows for this fan base. People were on hug watch. They were like, is Westy getting traded? Kind of a player's perspective of getting removed from a game during the trade deadline, where your mind is. I'm not saying Westy's going to get moved. I'm not saying he's not. but. That's got to be kind of a weird situation for, for a young guy who knows how good he is and how good he could be in the league. At the deadline, it was the Rangers and Blue Jays making the move so far. Um, Texas is all in. They're, all they're in. All in. Like, all in for that World Series. And they're adding pieces to do so. So look out for the Texas Rangers. We're going to preview the upcoming series with the Toronto Blue Jays. Get into Rip's tips. Check out the rest of the league. Can the Orioles catch the Braves? And then we're going to kind of double back to our top songs that bring us back to our childhood, bring back that segment. What do you have on your arm? Is that a Band-Aid? Yeah, it's uh, a Band-Aid. string. What do you do? It, it, um, 
Yeah, I distracting. Uh, you ever scratch a bug bite too hard? Yes. yes. The answer is yes. Don't don't yes. look at me that way. So I did that, and then I scratched it again over the weekend, and I couldn't have it going through my nice shirt over the weekend, you know. So band aided it up. It's healing nicely. Thanks for noticing. I uh, probably need a new one. Well, I saw it out of the corner of my eye. I thought that there was like a string on your arm or something, and I just saw something waving. So wasn't sure. You might need to get a new Band-Aid there, bud. You got one for me? No, I don't. I might actually. Might actually have to check the first aid kit or lack thereof I have here in my house. So let's jump into the series with the Yankees. It was so cool to see Camden Yards in the national spotlight, not just on Sunday, back-to-back nights. Saturday night's game was on Fox 45. Shameless plug right there. Yeah, you Big Fox that national there. TV game. <laughs> And then the second straight night, they're in the national spotlight. ESPN Sunday Night Baseball comes back to Camden Yards for the first time in years. And I saw someone say the announcers got it wrong. I I don't know what the ESPN announcer said about Sunday Night Baseball, but I think they said like, this is the first time we've been here since this year, or Sunday Night Baseball has been broadcast with the Orioles or, or whatnot. But someone was like, oh no, the Orioles were on the Little League game. That was Sunday Night Baseball, which is factually correct. Mm-hmm. So, but this, it's always cool when they're at the home stadium. The lights shine a bit brighter and the players take notice. And it showed in that first inning of Sunday night's game. I mean, they came out seven run inning. They put up a touchdown and an extra point on the Yankees against Luis Severino. And they beat up on him again. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this is the part of Baltimore the sports town like this weekend embodied what these fans love and they love the Baltimore Orioles and this time coming to town you have the Yankees where in years past when the Yanks traveled here a lot of people felt like they were just going to beat up on the baby birds and this was going to be their territory I think the cooler part is is that it's the Orioles are the team that is doing that is, that is causing the beatdown. And honestly, the series also really reflected how the Orioles have been this season, right? First game, a low-scoring affair, to say the least. And I know it had the, the crazy storms, too, by the way. You know, it looked like the one, I think Melanie Newman had yeah. the photo out there. It looked like Batman is having, like, you know, the lights reflecting off. Maybe they're trying it, to call it, Batman it or something. It looked like the apocalypse was coming Nuts, to Baltimore. Right? Insane. But, you know, Grayson Rodriguez. Had a great outing. Santander, Tony Taters walks it off. Orioles lose game two. It happens. But then this is why this is why the Orioles have been the best team in the American League. They bounce back and they don't just bounce back. They just punch the Yanks right in the mouth off the get go. And my guy, Adam Frazier, three run bomb early on. Just awesome to see. And the biggest thing is the fans. You guys being there. That makes all the difference in the world. I'm telling you, this is the time now where the players are going to need you out there because they are going to feed off of that energy, and they clearly did against the Yanks this weekend. Dude, did you see the attendance numbers Mm -hmm. from that series against the Yankees? And if you think that the Orioles players aren't feeding off of that, think again. 34,000 plus the first night on Friday. Then you get 42,829. These are the attendants I'm reading from from ESPN. Right. That second night. And then the third night, 37,429. 
were in attendance at Camden Yards. And that's big. And it's the biggest attendance that the Orioles got, I think, for a three-game series on average in a very, very long time. I mean, that's the thing is that clearly fans want to come see a good product. And and who doesn't get excited about primetime games, right? Like when you're being broadcasted nationally and it's against your longtime division rival, like, hell yeah, I want to be a part of that and to see that. Um, but we know it's the reality. Attendance has still been a struggle for the team. So it was awesome to see, especially with how good the Orioles are playing. And and yeah, I mean, you people might have all these thoughts or we will get more into like deadline and moves and all this. Fact of the matter is the Orioles are the best team in the American League. You want to talk about exciting, the product, the energy, that team is, is just embodying all of that right now. And that's a, it's a props to the fans that are coming out for this one. But keep that in mind, that energy, because next time the Orioles are in town, they got a lot of tough games remaining at home, including not to leave anybody out, but the next home series is against the Houston Astros. Yeah, and that's that should be a big one as well. Let me let me dive into these numbers though, real quick. 114, 800, eight hundred huh, eight wow. There so you go. Let's try that, that again. 114,816 fans in attendance for the Yankees Orioles game this weekend. Most at Camden Yards throughout a three game series since July 2016 versus the Angels. It was the most fans in Baltimore for a three-game Yankee series since 2014, and that was from Jacob Calvin Meyer, who is the Orioles reporter for the Baltimore Sun. Um, he does some good work, really good work. So it's putting those numbers out and looking at that. I mean, you could tell that place was packed. You're getting a preview of what it could be. The hype around this team, it's not going away. John Smoltz said that he's watched this team for – 10 straight games, and he really, truly believes that they could, I don't know if it was go to or win the World Series, but I got to check that out. But for for a Hall of Fame pitcher to say that about a team that has seen so much losing over the years, I mean, that's got to put a smile on the face of these fans. I've now watched the Orioles for 10 straight games, 10 straight days. I'm convinced they are good enough to win the World Series. That was Smoltz. Glenn Clark tweeted that out. I think Smoltz had to have been like on their show. Yeah, he was, he was on. He won with Glenn Clark Radio. Yeah, so and Smoltz said that on Glenn Clark Radio. I wanted to, you know, I'm not pulling that out of my, you yeah, know what. Like, yeah, that's I know. Like, yeah. Not, well, Glenn yeah. Clark tweeted that out. Yeah, well, thank goodness you aren't <laughs> doing that. But uh, but the other part is Smoltz talked about Grayson. I think this was a conversation. Just want to, same thing with Glenn Clark. Uh, shout out Glenn. Hope you're doing well, by the way. Um, but you know, Smoltz was oozing, you know, or was, was drooling was his words, uh, about Grace Rodriguez. Every time he pitches, the sky's the limit. Um, it doesn't look like he's really throwing max effort. And this is kind of what we talked about, right? The stuff that Grayson has just because he got sent down did not change anything about what his potential could be at the big league level. And since he's come back up, Grayson has looked extremely well. And and the biggest thing is it's the command of his fastball and using that as a weapon. We saw that, you know, the Orioles obviously added Fujinami from the A's, a guy that throws hard in the hundreds. You forget Grayson Rodriguez as a starter is right around 100 consistently. And that, to me, is a weapon to use. You look at some of the best pitchers in baseball, I look at them. Scherzer, who obviously just got moved, we'll get into that. 
Justin Verlander, DeGrom when he was healthy, those guys had plus fastballs and they knew how to locate them and pitch that. They use it to their advantage. Grayson has that ability to use his fastball like that and to be effective. And clearly he was against the Yanks this past weekend. I mean, this O's team, we got to stop looking at of all the reasons. I feel like everyone wants to get validated. You know, I'm glad the Orioles are getting attention, Rock. But haven't we been saying this for a while? And I try not to fluff people, by the way. Like, I'm not going to tell you something to make you feel better. But I want to be realistic. And the realistic thing right now for the Baltimore Orioles, they're as confident as any team in baseball. They have beaten anybody in baseball. And they are right on the cusp of accomplishing what they want to do. And that is to be the number one seed and winning the American League East going into the postseason. That all their goals are ahead of them, which is something that if you asked every expert out there to start this season, they probably would have thought you're crazy. But here we are. No, absolutely. And we talked about Grayson getting that reset, getting his confidence back, getting his swagger back. And the hope is that that's really going to be the case for Tyler Wells as well. And we're getting into Wells. Pre-All-Star break, you thought he was going to be the O's All-Star. They ended up having four All-Stars. Mm-hmm. Wells was not one of them. And I feel like he kind of felt like he got snubbed with the season he was having. For sure. People in Birdland may have felt like he got snubbed. Realistically, you can only send so many guys to the All-Star game and only so many spots are available in the American League. Wells before the All-Star break, 3.18 ERA. And his wins and losses were, he was 7-4 and four with that 3.18 RA. Post-All-Star break, 0-2, and, and his ERA is 11. What's going on with Tyler Wells? The O's, for those of you that didn't catch that news, they didn't just demote Wells to AAA, which is kind of a normal thing to do if a guy's struggling. They put him down in AA. Bowie, this is like a hard reset. Like, your Xbox or computer gets like the red ring of death and you just like unplug it, hit that button, do whatever you got to do to get it back and running. And that's what the O's I feel like are doing with Tyler Wells. I don't know if it's, he's just gassed. I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know what's going on with him right now, but I feel like he needs this. And to start in double A, yeah, it might, it might seem like it's a slap in the face at first, but I really don't think it is. I think they're trying to get their guy back to where they feel like he can be going forward in the season because if they don't trade for an arm at the deadline if they don't bring someone else in they're going to need Tyler Wells for a playoff run for sure when he comes back up yeah I mean honestly too and and maybe this is where I can put my player hat on and to give people behind the scenes of what this really entails right um and bear with me you know I'm just learning how baseball works uh, in my life um I've only been around it for 30 years now Humble brag. Humble brag. Um, <laughs> but also maybe that's saying that I that I'm 30. But old brag. Old brag. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you, Harold. Oh, yeah, we didn't get to wish you a happy birthday, did you, on this? Uh, we we don't have to do that. Ah, we did it for me. We can do that. Yeah. Well, not yet, no. no. And but now the odds are out there. Vegas is gonna put the odds out if I can keep my hair till I'm 40. So Well, that's that's a that might be a tough one for both of us. It's a tough ass. Our, it's like the uh 
both of our hairlines. It's like Chris Berman, back, 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 oh, back. It's, it's like my buddy used to say my hairline's backpedaling like Deion Sanders on a, uh, you know, on a passing route. Like he, he's covering the receiver. That's that's my hairline is just going back like Dion trying to cover a wide out. So I've gotten the jokes. I've gotten the six head jokes, five head, not the forehead. Someone can land a plane on my forehead. It is what it is. It is what We're it is. We're human beings, people. You know what? Hey, I, I was told bald is beautiful, but don't go bald. But don't we're do, not going bald. We're not we're going not bald yet, yet, buddy. Just, just stay and wait. But yes, thank you. But Continue my point on was, Tyler Wells. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we got a, our little tangents over now. But back to the point of what I was trying to make a joke of is that I've just been around the game for a while, and, and my honest perspective of what's going on here. Wells has now pitched the most innings he's ever pitched in the big leagues. He's had a lot of injuries over his career of trying to battle back. So right now he's at 113 innings. And I think I told you this before we got on here last year, his season total was 103 and two thirds innings. So let's just round up to 104. He pitched 57 innings back in 2021. So you're looking at 160 innings combined within two years for Tyler Wells. And now you're at almost 114 innings alone this season. And they've had him do multiple roles in the past, coming out of the bullpen, being a starter. And it just seems to me right now that the fatigue is starting to set in more with Tyler Wells. Because let's just, I'm just going to be honest here with everyone. This isn't something that we've seen players go through, quote unquote, slumps as far as they're going to go through their times with the bigger part for Tyler. And it was coming out of this all-star break, going two innings, four and a third, two and two thirds. It's the longevity for him has now been what, what they're trying to figure out. I think the Orioles are realizing, and this I think was the plan all along, was there was going to be a point this season where they're going to limit his innings, and they thought this was the right time to do it. Grayson was coming up. They could feel that he was being a little bit more tired. And the reason why they chose Bowie and not Norfolk, to me, is to keep him closer to Baltimore, is that he can get his work in. Almost if you take it like a rehab assignment is how I'm feeling and how I'm looking at yeah. it. Because if he was going to go down to Norfolk and pitch there, that's really trying to get like, get quote unquote, like fully get right. I think for this one, it's going to just be a reset. Try to get him ready because he's going to be back with the team. He's been up until the last start, three starts. He was their best pitcher for the, for the duration of the season. Just Mr. Consistent. But now having said that, now he's going to have to try to readjust because it doesn't look like they can count on Tyler to go the five, six innings he's gone so far this season, oh, but they are That's... going to need other arms. And that is also going to affect their um, uh, possibly what yeah. they do with the bullpen. Just looking at the pre all-star, like you said, innings wise, like he's gassed 104.2 innings pitched before the all-star break. He's pitched nine innings after the all-star break. And like, yeah, he might have like rubber arm right now. He might just like, he needs to find his groove back, get that swagger back like Grayson did. I know they're two completely different pitchers mm -hmm. at two completely different stages in their careers. But for Tyler Wells right now, going back to the minor leagues, I don't th think that's going to be the worst case scenario for him. I think he's going to come back up a better guy, better, you know, better pitcher. We're talking about the baseball player, not, not human being, mm -hmm. but better pitcher um, on the field. And helping this team win ball games when it counts. So hopefully he can he can get his swagger back yeah. as well, like Grayson and, did. And to explain this really quickly, you know, from May 29th until his start against the Dodgers on July 18th, Tyler Wells 
had allowed two runs or less in every single start and had gone more than five innings. Actually, the first time he didn't go five innings was against that Dodgers team. Mm -hmm. And he's had three straight outings where he's failed to reach five innings. So Birdland, stick with it. But this could be part of the plan. And we're going to get into the trade deadline. But this is something where some of the Orioles pitchers were getting to their, their limit. But Tyler Wells, what he's done so far this year, I don't look at it as fully. It stinks because you want to be up there for the, the, the competitor in you wants you to be up there. And I think there was a moment in the race series when Hyder wanted to take out Wells and he was you know ticked off about that. That's the competitor. You want to be out there for as long as you can to help your team. But in the long picture, making sure that he can be effective and efficient when the Orioles need him down the stretch. So this was a move that kind of raised some eyebrows last night because Birdland was like, oh no, it's happening. And anytime you see a tweet like this or a move like this right around the trade deadline, you're always going to assume the worst. Mm -hmm. But it just simply wasn't the case. Or so we think, at least that's what Brandon Hyde is telling reporters. So Jordan Westberg gets removed from... Last night's game, we're recording this one. It's different. We're recording this on a Monday. So hopefully there's no moves happening right now, or maybe there is, and we can jump right in and talk about it. But Jordan Westberg gets removed from the game for Adam Frazier. Um, basically, I saw Birdland like follow a few fans out there, and they were like, someone needs to be on hug watch right now, seeing if like Westy's like hugging any of his teammates or like their tears or anything like that. Because like when a guy gets removed from a game, especially a young guy, one of the top prospects in the organization, and the team is in a playoff hunt, they're in contention. You're like, okay, is he on the move? Like what is happening here? And if you're Jordan Westberg, like what's going through your mind at that point in time? Because Brandon Hyde made it clear and he told reporters, this is Luke Jones I'm reading from right now said Jordan Westberg's removal was about strengthening the outfield defense by inserting Ryan McKenna and moving Adam Frazier to second base. Westberg was in the Orioles clubhouse and packing for the trip to Toronto after the game. So that's that's good news. Doesn't seem like Westberg's going anywhere. But if you're Jordan Westberg, you get removed from a game. You're probably thinking like, what's going on here? Because you really truly never know. Baseball's a business. And you can see the top prospects get moved for starting pitching, relief pitching, big name players at any given time during the season pre-trade deadline. So I, I didn't know. Oh, I wasn't yeah. sure that Jordan Westberg was safe. I feel like a lot of tweets too, people are really keeping an eye out for that. Oh yeah. You know, and then you read online and go, oh, this person got taken out. Even at the lower levels in the minor leagues, I've seen tweets about players, you know, so-and-so is removed from the game. What does that mean? Even when Jackson Holiday got scratched because of illness, people are like, no way. No way he's going to get traded because it's in, people, in people's minds. You're right. It's this time, a time of year where higher prospects, top prospects, that's in the back of their minds. And now for the Orioles, at least for this case, we've seen that they, they probably feel like they make as many um, replacements in the lineup as anybody in baseball. You know, as far as defensive substitutions, pinch hitting, you name it, they feel, I feel like they've been pretty consistent with that. But having said that, this is where we're going to see a little bit of it. And there's only, you know, we're running out of time on the deadline. Um, but it's a weird feeling in the in the clubhouse and dugouts, especially. I remember back when I was playing and, um, 
you know, the Orioles, we've, I've had it on both scenarios where I had guys that uh, were worried about the Orioles selling and new players coming in to take over spots. And on the other, other side of it of, well, the Orioles are going to try to make a move to help the team, but wait, who's going to be a part of that? And also with the Nationals as well. So it's just, it happens. It's a part of the game. Like you said, it is a business. And I'm glad Westy's not. I think that they love him. They wanted to see him there. And I've told this people this for a while. I'm sure you have a nice segue for this, Rock. But the Orioles really like a lot of their guys, and they're doing so many things well that they might not be making all these crazy moves like, say, another team in the American League right now. Yes. Before we segue into that, I just wanted to, yeah, I, I don't want to screw up the segue or, you know, divert and go a different route. But if we're talking like, and anything could happen over the next, 24 or so for, you know, 30s. I don't know. I'm bad. I'm really bad at math. Before the deadline. Yeah, before the deadline happens. Before the deadline. Exactly, exactly. But if we're going to go through, we're not going to go through every single player on the roster, but top players in prospect wise, we're going to play a little game here. We're going to add this in. Off limits or fair game. Oh. So it's Orioles guys that they, they wouldn't trade. There's no chance in hell that they would trade them. Or players that maybe are up in the air. So I'm I'm gonna name, I'm gonna try to rattle off like a couple names here. So Gunnar Henderson. Off limits. Absolutely off limits. And we both agree on that. Adley Rutschman. Off limits. Yeah, exactly. Like those guys. How about this one? Grayson Rodriguez. Off limits. Yep. Figured that too. Jackson Holiday. Off limits. Okay, now we're gonna tap into Colton Kowser. What was the other term? Off limits or fair game? Fair game. For a trade. Fair game. And it's only because of their... I, I love Kowser. They love Kowser. But if we're looking at the untouchables for me with their team, I think that he isn't necessarily looped into that for them right now. And that's crazy because he is a talented player. But it just kind of shows... Yeah, it's making me think a lot. I think he's a very intriguing chip for a lot of people. So we got into Kowser. All right, Jordan Westberg. I think he's off limits. Okay. I think that they like him more. There's another guy similar to him that I think is fair game, though. Do you want to guess or do you want to keep going? We can go. We can. I, do you want me to guess? Oh yeah. You know is he guess. is he up with the big league club? He's not. Is it Joey Ortiz? It is Joey Ortiz? It's one or the other in my mind for those. I guys. would agree with that. And personally, just from how it's been so far. They clearly feel that they're prioritizing Jordan Westberg. So to me, that shows that they want to keep him and that makes Ortiz more fair game. So I know he's hurt right now, but Cedric Mullins. Off limits. Okay. Ryan Mountcastle. Fair game. You know, but but I will say this, and I, I want people to understand. I actually think that the Orioles aren't going to really trade any of these guys uh, this year. I, I think unless there's a starting pitcher that we don't know about down the stretch here, I don't think we're going to see a lot of these guys move this year. Off season, we will get back to it. But you got to realize, as soon as Cedric and Hicks went down, the lineups were. It's like, well, where is certain guys going to fit? Well, now that those guys are hurt, still guys like Ryan Mountcastle are. are 
going to have more and more opportunities. And I still like, I, I love Mountie. I love his bat. I like, he's a great guy. Um, you know, he's going to have more opportunities again. Yeah. It's the guy that when everyone comes back, Brian McKenna's the guy that's going to be the odd man out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's why, like, I wanted to play that game with you and kind one of see, more. like, can we do one more? <laughs> Go ahead. Kobe Mayo off limits. Kobe Mayo's off limits. Heston Kerstad off limits. Okay. I was going to get to those. Sorry. Yep. All right. That's fair. Everyone else, though. Yeah, go ahead. I was saying the reason why I wanted to do this is I wouldn't trade Adley or Gunner for anything, and that's not going to happen. It's just like not realistic. I I would have like off limits for those two guys, and even Grayson. It's it's not even the word. It's like untouchable. I would say for those those three guys. But the you think about some of the vets, even some of the prospects, and some of the young guys that are up with the team. You think like what could you get for them? Could you make the roster better than it is right now if you, if you kind of move some of those guys? It'll be interesting to see what the O's do. It'll be, I'm I'm really interested to see who they go after because they've been as quiet as a mouse aside from the Shintaro Fujinami trade. You know, Mike Elias is, the wheels are turning in his head and you saw him on the broadcast with ESPN on Sunday Night Baseball. It was him, John Angelos were just sitting next to it, like standing next to each other and they were figuring out like, all right, what are we doing here? I, I, you know, they could have, they could have just been having a conversation, but like when two guys are sitting there right next to each other, like when, when do you see them on a broadcast next to each other? All the, like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I do. You see Elias kind of doing his thing. Sometimes you'll see Angelos, but like they're trying to figure out what they want to do. And I'm sure Angelos is there for all right, if we want to make a move, can we open the books up a little bit and can we pay this guy? How much are we willing to spend? Yeah. Who are we willing to go after? Whose contract, how much of their contract are we willing to take on? Those are the questions that Michael Elias could be asking. Obviously, all hypotheticals. I don't know what was being said, but you have to think like those topics were, were brought up in that moment because they're both on their phones. They're both checking whatever, who knows? Like, I'm sure it's not grocery lists. Like <laughs> No. It's, it's a grocery. It's a gro- it's a shopping list of who who like which players can we bring in to help this team be be the best it can be. Oh yeah, and well the other thing too, you know, it's uh, for people who want to know too. If you're a GM of a team, by the way, president of operations, uh, you you never are off the clock, even in the off no. season. You are going, 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 and but right now this is where every moment's tense because you are going through every single scenario possible. And one thing Michael Elias has to navigate is yes, what who's available and for what price, and then how much is the how much is the checkbook going to be open to bring yeah. a guy on? Like all those things are factors, and you got to get approval. Having said that, there is a certain concept I think we can all relate to this where you can't quantify it, but chemistry for a team and confidence. You want to make sure whoever you're bringing in is not going to change that. So, like, I think like a veteran guy that's been around for a while, like a Justin Verlander, probably wouldn't change anything unless the guys you give up are already on that big league team. I don't think whatever the construction you have up there is working. And people could say, well, can it last that long? They're the best team in the American League. You know what I mean? Like, other teams that made moves, they're trying to stay up with it right now. The Orioles. Everything is working. And, and it's and it's about to be August, man. Yeah. Like we're not talking like June baseball anymore. We're not talking the beginning of the season. 
Like the Orioles are contenders, and if you don't believe that, you're sadly mistaken. Like yeah. they are, they are one of the best teams in baseball by far right now. And whether you don't think they have enough star power or enough starting pitching, they're getting this done with what they have, and there's been no drop off no. at all. There's been no drop off, man. They're just continuing to rise. ERA wise, from the starting pitching staff, you know, over the last month or two, they've been one of the top in baseball. And yes, of course, like if you had a top tier bonafide ace that's been there and just mentioned Verlander's name because he's, you know, still out there. Yeah. Like, of course, that's going to make your team better. But again, we've talked about this, your development of your players and where you sit right now, you're in a great position. Yes. You obviously would want some more help, but give these guys credit, give this team credit. They're doing a tremendous job. And all you can ask yourself is now when you get towards the postseason play, are you playing still with that same confidence? And that's not going to matter. Yes, you want to have the you know guys feeling good in, going to the playoffs, but you want your team as a whole collectively to be feeling confident going to the playoffs. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Rob Bradford of Odyssey Sports. I think that's how you say it, right? Odyssey? Odyssey, yep. Yeah, yeah. I always used to think it was Audacity Sports. The, the Audacity. Audacity. <laughs> yeah. <It> actually- <laughs> yeah. Rob Bradford of Odyssey Sports said some of the teams that have shown the most interest in Rich Hill, he's reporting that they're the Marlins, the Reds, the Braves, and the Orioles. So that's another name to keep an eye out for. Verlander's one. He's one. There are a lot of other guys out there as well. But the pool of good starting pitchers is not fizzling out but it's getting more and more shallow as the days go on. Like it's not, it's not as deep as it was anymore because Lucas Giolito goes to the Angels and then the Rangers, we talked about it. Dude, they're, they're all in. They're mm-hmm. all in and they're making the moves to be all in. So the Rangers, they go out and trade for Max Scherzer. And honestly, like while Scherzer is not having one of his best seasons by any means, I you you'd still call this a blockbuster deal? Oh no, because of the name, because of who Max Scherzer is and what he what he can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So the Rangers not only go out and get Max Scherzer, they added another two arms as well, one to the starting rotation and one to the bullpen. So the Rangers they seem like they're all in right now. They just got so they get Jordan Montgomery, and they also got uh. Who else did they end up getting from the... Uh, they got... Uh, Chris Stratton. Chris Stratton, yes. So I, I knew I was missing one. 
So they get Jordan Montgomery, uh, Chris Stratton. And then the Blue Jays, they finalized the deal to get Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals mm-hmm. because Jordan Romano, he's on the injured list. So right now, there are teams in the AL making big moves. And they're not, they're not like little splashes, like little, okay, like deadline. I'm going to, we're going to go out and get, you know, the, the third or fourth best pitcher on a team. Like these teams are all in and they're showing it. And that could be the difference come playoff time. Starting rotation, we always see it in October. How deep can your starting rotation go? How no. many innings can they throw for you? Are oh, they going to yeah. get beat up early on? Because offensively, like the O's can compete with anyone in the league. Yep. Starting pitching wise, when it comes to playoff baseball right now, I don't know if they have the rotation to win a World Series. Now, I hope I'm wrong, mm-hmm. and I very well could be, but I do think they need another arm to get there and win it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I'm not, I don't disagree that you need to have the, that the Orioles, that they had another. Like I said, that full ace, that veteran, because a lot of these Orioles pitchers, uh, as a a collective unit, they don't have a lot of playoff experience. This whole team doesn't because of the fact that they're so young. Their core is so young. So how are you going to handle those types of moments? I think that they can handle them well. But to your point, it does give people credit when you're having guys go out there and play and are able to understand what it takes in those moments. And yeah. it's not that those guys don't like, you can tell, like we can talk about right now, like we know what it takes, but until you walk the walk in that situation, that's where you get the most experience from it. But when we look around also, if you look at that AL West, by the way, Rangers, Astros, now the angels are five games back in that division. Like the Rangers are trying to hold on for dear life. Yeah. In the AL <laughs> East, the blue Jays are trying to push back. But if I'm being honest, the the Red Sox and Yankees, it's going to be very challenging for them to catch up. It, if if the if they come back from eight games back, nine games back to win the division, it's a pretty big collapse from the three teams in front of them, right? Um, but the Orioles right now, I think we talked about it. They're if they even fell off too, the Orioles have like an eight game advantage on the final wild card or nine game advantage on the final wild card spot. Confidence matters, and I think for Elias, too, there is this, and people aren't going to like this, but look with how well these young players have developed. And the only thing I'm going to say is that if they make a move and it could hinder some of that development for young players, that is the only thing that worries me for this team for the long term because I really yeah. think the Orioles have pieces in their, in their, on their team and in their system that can be long-term solutions and not just you know solid players, all-star caliber that can help lead this team for for hopefully the next decade. Should be fun. Should be a lot of Dude, fun. It should be. Um, no, I'm still interested to see like what they end up doing and what moves they end up making. If any, there's a chance they don't make any. There's there, a chance that the, the you know it takes it does take two to tango. And that's kind of what Mike Elias alluded to when he was talking about it was a couple days ago. He's like, listen, we've the biggest thing that they're looking for is it's obvious is is pitching. Like they're gonna they're gonna go after starter or reliever, and they probably want both. But it does take two to tango. Value they love yep, value. They do love value. And if the value they get the best bang for their buck. And if the val and if they thought the value for a, a high end starter was there, they'll do it. But if they don't think the value's there, they're not going to. They thought the value was there for Fujinami, they took it. So these are all things. That's a that, low risk, high, high reward move, by the way. And he's 
you know, he's he's just showing flashes of how good he can be. His last couple outings, right? He's shown that he can Gas. go multiple innings and he can he can bring it. That stuff, his stuff is elite. So this is what the Orioles are doing right now, finding elite talent. We're going to find out if they're going to go out there and go and get an elite bonafide superstar. I don't believe <laughs> yeah. it offensively, but pitching, the the biggest thing I'm going to say is value. And if you think that doesn't boost your confidence going from one of the worst teams in the league to one of the best, it's like going into work every day. If you hate your job, you're going to be miserable and your performance is going to show. Mm-hmm. If you love your job, you're going to be happy and your your performance is going to show. It's like you perform better when you're in an environment that you enjoy and you want to be at. I'm not saying, oh, like he took days off and mentally and physically because he was with Oakland. Mm-hmm. But I, I really do think that you your performance is definitely a product of your environment. And if if you're at the highest point and you feel like you're on top of the mountain, then, hey, man, your performance is going to show for sure. I think that's what you're getting with Fuji right now. Oh, yeah. and uh, Yeah, for sure. You ever you ever play on a bad team and you know it's terrible and you're just hoping to get, get through the, the season? Bears, yeah. But your job's still on the line and you feel terrible. Like it, You go to a team that's winning and everything just opens back up for you. It Changes truly for does. you. It does. And that's happened with a lot of guys with the O's, too, that they, they brought in. So, mm-hmm. All right, we're looking at this series against Toronto. It's a four-game swing, uh, four-game series. Hopefully it's not a four game swing for, for that's a, yeah because yeah, that would be I mean Toronto's five and a half games back right now so this is a big series for them and they're looking at it like okay like we have a chance to close the gap with the Orioles and maybe move into second place in the AL East and, and jump the Rays with this so um, the O's have still yet to get swept I don't see that happening obviously knock on wood but they head to Canada four game series with the Blue Jays Kyle Gibson the probable pitcher for that first game against Chris Bassett. And then you got Grayson against Kikuchi. Um, You have, I don't know now, against Gosman. And then Kramer, or uh, yeah, sorry. I missed one. Bradish against uh, Ryu for that second game. Rodriguez, Kikuchi, and then blank because Wells Mm -hmm. against Gosman. So, um, this series is going to get very interesting. We just we ran through kind of. Or I brought up last time that the Orioles are they're leading it, and you have the Red Sox and Yanks, where it feels hard to maybe catch. The Blue Jays are right there on the cusp of making this late season push to try to get right back towards the top, or they're going to stay stuck where they are. And the Orioles now are finishing up their stretch of they finally, after the series, are going to play the Mets, a team with a losing record Yeah, when they play in the series. But the Blue Jays, yes, the Orioles have played well against them this year so far. Five of six, they've won. Yep. But Five of six, and this is a big four-game series, man. And think about it. This is something if the Orioles can come out. In my mind, if the Orioles win this series. If they took three or four, this will knock the Blue Jays out of trying a chance to win the division and catch the Orioles too. Again, this is me thinking that the Orioles are going to keep doing their thing. But this is one for the Blue Jays, but we're going to find out, are they going to make this even tighter and make it very stressful, exhilarating, and nerve-wracking down the stretch? Or are the Orioles going to keep their MO of just keeping teams at, at, at bay and continuing their march towards you know an American League East division title? I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree, man. And it's, I mean, it, it's definitely a big one. And they play the Blue Jays one more time after this four-game series. And it's a three-game series at home, August 22nd to the 24th. So, like you said, this this could do it. This could be the the final blow as far as the Blue Jays having any shot of winning the AL East if the Orioles take three or four and do win this series. Well, but it just it puts pressure on it. Out. And it's not saying we've seen it before. I mean, I think it was the Phillies. I know the Phillies back in uh gosh, whatever it was, where they overcame like an eight or nine game deficit uh with like a month, a little over a month to go in the season to come back to win the division on like the final day of of uh of the the season that year. I forget which year it was. Um but like this stuff matters. There's gonna be a lot of great pitching match- matchups. I mean, you I know you mentioned at the end of it, Gosman, former Oriole, who is really one of the best pitchers in the league. He's got wipeout stuff. And then obviously Kyle Bradish is going for the O's. Gibson's that veteran presence. But this Blue Jays team, you know, there's a reason why that they were chosen by many. And I'm sorry, O's fans. I thought that the Blue Jays would be the team on top of the division right now, like you know, preseason. They got a talented lineup too. It was 07 for the Phillies. 07. That was when a they won wild it on the final one. day, right? When they won it against yep, the Nationals. Yeah, on the final day. I remember watching yeah. that. Talk about a meltdown from the Mets. Um, but anyway, the Blue Jays here, really talented team. You don't want to give them that belief and confidence that they're because they feel like they're they're right outside the door, and they're trying to knock and try to you know break it down. And you got a lot of good players in their lineup that. You know, you saw on display, obviously, or, you know, got attention during the home run derby, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette. Um, this team, this team can be very dangerous. So this is, for me, the one that I've had circled for a while, besides that Rays one, but this one in particular, the Orioles have been one of the best teams on the road. That's been documented. Can you do it another time here? Four times up in Canada. Speaking of which, it was really fun to see them on the road. I went up to uh, PA for my dad's birthday, took him to the O's Phillies game, Citizens Bank Park, and uh, I told him, I was like, I can't wait to hear the national anthem because there's so many O's fans here. And to hear the big O during that, it was the, the Tuesday night game where the Phillies ended up walking it off, which was, you know, not the result that O's fans would have hoped for, but it was really cool to see that fan base just travel because they're, you know, what, two, two hours away, an hour 45 mm-hmm. from the ballparks and uh, talk about traveling success on the road. Like the fan base is playing a huge factor in that as well. So you saw it in Tampa, you saw it in Philly. O's fans are, you know, they're traveling in packs. Really cool to see. Oh yeah. The two passionate <laughs> fan bases there, by the way, Phil's and O's. Oh yeah. That was, listen, that's, you're talking about passion, like, look no further. All right, man, let's get into Rip's tips. I have no clue what you got for me today. Well, that's great because it's about actually the unknown. <laughs> and, and the tip the tip is it's okay with there being an unknown and not knowing what that is. And so I think for everyone, safe to say, we want people feel better when you have a plan. You know what's going on. Some people really are better with no plans. but. The thought of not knowing what's going to happen next drives a lot of anxiety, drives a lot of fear, stress. You know, you know. personally, I always try to relate it to sports and, and personally. So I'll start personally for me. You know, I 
didn't know what was going to happen for me getting close to baseball coming to an end. And actually at the end of the 2021 season and kind of having a feeling I was battling through the injury, wasn't having a great year statistically of thinking this might be it. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And so I had surgery in the off season, was waiting to see if someone would be interested and that the the right opportunity never came about. There was a few uh, opportunities to maybe play outside of the U S or do independent baseball or just to wait and see. And just didn't seem what my heart told me. It's not what I wanted to do and made the decision to, to move on. It was the right time. And now I jumped into in a media world at the time. I had no idea what, what was going to happen. Dude. I remember like when you retired and I remember, cause I didn't know you at the time I, I had, I like came here and I didn't, no, and like I saw it speaking, like yeah, I know I, I interrupted you, but no, no, no. When, like, yeah. when hop when when you hopped on social media, I was like Ryan Ripkin. I was like, I was like, he just announced he's going to retire, and then that's when I was like, when you hopped on, I followed you, you followed me back, and like here we are. So it's yeah. kind of funny, like how how it happened, and like now we're now we're doing this podcast, but like so that's why that's I, why I put, like, that's why I put my hand up in the air wasn't for I was like that, that was the point right yeah, of like yeah. so you never know yeah like and now now we're stuck <laughs> together right now so it's like you never know how that's gonna happen but but so the point being you know I had no idea no idea yeah what to expect didn't know if it was going to be tv anything with radio like i had ideas of of certain stuff and people still ask me today like hey ryan what do you really want to do I'm like I, I don't even know what exact role i want to do right now i've gotten more comfortable with that unknown of saying you know what i there's things that i like yeah i don't know what's going to happen and i'm okay with knowing that I, that i don't know what's going to happen but i believe i'll be successful but it is scary right it's it's scary not knowing what's going to happen for the next step and for sports wise, you know, we're looking at all these things, you know, with it's funny just around the trade deadline. There's so many unknowns. And for players, for organizations, for fans, you're onto this hope and you're praying that things work out the way you want them to work out. The reality is it might not. And you're and that's yeah. out of your control. And you just got to have a little bit of faith that things are going to move in the right direction and things are going to happen. Because if you start stressing yourself, and start putting added pressure, you're only going to find yourself more miserable. You're going to play the what if game a lot. And hey, it's fun to play sometimes, but it never, it's fun to entertain and play the game, yeah. but you never feel good after it. Personally, I, I feel like I'm, I'm more in a pretzel after I play that game. So whatever happens here with the Orioles and the deadline and what goes on, don't try to tr stress too much. Trust, have, keep a little bit of faith. And whatever's going on in your life that's in the unknowns, realize keep keep the path uh, keep the path. Don't overthink it. Continue to be you, and I promise, more times than not, when you get to that point, you'll be all right. I'll say this, piggybacking off that, Rye, and I called you Rye, not Rye. But it was yeah. so funny. We got into that. That was like a that was a thing the other week. We had our we did our segment on Sports Unlimited. And I yep. said, I say your name really quick. I say, Rye. All right, Rye. And it sounds like sometimes I'm saying rock. So our producer, Hannah, was like, did you hear how you just tagged out of that thing? She's like, you called him rock. I was like, I would never call him my name because that's an insult to him. It is. I was like, yeah, it is. hey, hey, watch your mouth. So the, no, I like, 
I say rye because that's like how I, you know, how I say it. But it was, it was just funny because we had to clear that up. She's like, I don't think you said it like that. I was like, I definitely did. And then I told you and I'm like, whatever. But I, I like to, and it's, I'm a big Philly sports fan, you know, grew up in PA. But my big thing is, is it's trust the process with the unknown. And that's like, that was a Sixers motto. And while the Sixers still haven't won an NBA championship <laughs> in doing that, I kind of take that motto and take that saying and, and use it in everyday life. Because when I was in Huntsville, my contract was coming up. I didn't have a job mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure. And my news director at the time, Paul Karen, awesome guy. And he's in Myrtle Beach now and he's a news director there. But he was just like, not a lot of news directors would do this or GMs would do this. Stan Pylant, WHNT, like shout out to him, just unbelievable human being. And I came to them and I said, hey, like, I know I'm your sports director now. I don't have a job. But I plan on moving on. And it's not because I don't love this station and I don't love you guys. It's because I want to get closer to home. I miss my family. And I would love to continue this opportunity of doing what I love in a bigger market and somewhere with pro sports teams. And they were like, okay, what we're going to do for you, we don't do this for anybody. But since you've been here for four years, we like you, you like us, we're going to do this. They gave me an option. It was a one-year deal with immediate outs. So I worked that in with my contract to top 40 markets. I was confident enough that I could get a, a job in a top 40 market. And Baltimore happens to be number 28 on that list. Yeah, One being the highest, New York. Two being the second highest, LA. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to search. and get a job offer from Sacramento. Um, and it was it was a good opportunity, but it wasn't enough money to where I could live out in Sacramento and live comfortably. But the people out there that I talked to were awesome. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate them for you know offering me the job. Right. But I ended up here and it ended up being where I want it to be, closer to home. I have a place now. I love it here. We're doing this podcast. I love you know being at the station covering the O's, covering the Ravens, love both the fan bases. And it's like being the unknown dude, I didn't know where I was going to be in the next month. I didn't, I thought I might've been in Huntsville until that contract ended, but not knowing is okay sometimes. Mm-hmm. And for the O's and for, you know, players and, and teams and not knowing what's going to happen day after day, it, it is okay. Because sometimes the more, you know, the worse off you are. Yeah. And it's like, not knowing and just letting life take its course and trusting the process for you and I both, I, I really think it's worked out so far. For sure, and then that that's a great way to ex- ex- explain that. So here it is, like those are our two, and this is why we do this for the rips tips. Even though it's you know sometimes it, I might seem a little goofy with all of it, but we, we do this. Idea. We do this. You're just a goofy person in general. I am. I am a goofy. <laughs> you guys don't even know. Well, maybe you do. Um, but we do all this because we want everyone to also feel like, yeah, we're talking about baseball, but we're talking about life and that we are going through a lot of things ourselves personally. We want to try to explain what that journey is ourselves. And we hope whoever listens to this, that this could be moments that maybe can help you in the process and realize that you're not alone with it. Yeah. I don't try to get too sentimental here, but that's just the point of it. You're never walking alone as much as you think you are No. So like, and here we are doing our thing. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, that's, that's rips tips for the week. Just the, the unknown. So here's an unknown right now for the O's. And this is just a big hypothetical, but 
this is something we wanted to talk about. Like we're looking at the rest of the league right now. Let's let's just go down quickly, break down what the rest of the league looks like. So you have the O's at the top of the East. We're talking American League right now. You have the Twins at the top of the Central. You have the Rangers at the top of the West. In the National League East, the Braves are the best team in baseball atop the NLE standings. The Reds atop the Central and the Dodgers atop the West. Overall, how we're looking, the, let's go five best teams in baseball right now. It is the Braves, the Orioles, the Rays, the Dodgers, and the Rangers. And then you have the Blue Jays at six. So three of the AL East teams, best division in baseball by far, mm-hmm. are in the top six. Braves are ahead of the Orioles. Those are four games back right now of Atlanta. My question is this, just looking at that, what are your overall thoughts on just where Major League Baseball stands right now, where these teams are, what teams can seriously contend? And the second question being, I mean, we're talking about a team that is four games back of the best team in baseball, and the Braves, they, I, I firmly believe they have the best roster in baseball, top yeah. to bottom. I yeah, mean, their I roster is just loaded. But can the O's catch the Braves for for the best record in all of baseball? Looking at the differential, Rip, like the run differential, (laughs) the Braves have a whopping plus 151. The Rays have a plus 135, and the Rangers have plus 145. The O's are plus 48, man. (laughs) They're plus 48 in run differential. They're in some close games. They're not blowing teams out all the time. They had six run win over the Yankees, but like they're in it, dude. They're number two in baseball. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is after the longest time, you look at these big numbers, it's like, yeah, you know, you want to be able to blow teams out of the water. Yeah. But you got to, the, the, what, what's more fascinating to me is the fact that you can have such a low run differential, relatively speaking, and be 23 games over 500. That means that you're finding ways to win in high stress, high intensity situations. Now, all these teams that you just mentioned, you know, the Braves, the Bravos, obviously, we're in agreement. I, I agree with you. Their roster, their team, everything, they really, to me, are, are the most complete team in baseball. The Dodgers just feel like every single year, here they are. They're up top. They're finding a way. And they're going to continue to do what the Dodgers do. And they have, honestly, to me, that's a lineup, especially in the playoffs, that talk about veteran presence. That, that lineup's legit. We talked about it when they're in town. Um, don't sleep on the Giants, though, out there, by the way. The Giants are right knocking on the doorstep. But as far as in the American League East, we know how good these other teams are. And your question about for the Orioles, it'd be really cool. It felt so long ago that this was so far out of reach, right? The fact that the Orioles could have the best record in all of baseball. But here we are. And it's not crazy to think that they could overthrow the the Braves for for the best record. Maybe, you know, still an uphill battle, but Definitely, it's not improbable or impossible. I don't think so either. The Rays are on a three-game heater right now. The O's just won, you know, just won their last one against the Yankees, and they're looking to kind of build off that as we go into that four-game series against the Blue Jays, a team they've had so much success against. For the Braves, just taking a look at who they have, they have the Angels coming up. Tonight, Monday, Tonight, I'm talking about Tuesday and then Wednesday, and they go to Chicago. So they have the Angels at home for a three-game stint. And uh, Giolito, 
is a probable pitcher to pitch that third game against the Braves in Atlanta. So you're going to kind of get your your first look at Giolito in a uh, Angels uniform and see see what the I mean don't I'm not saying okay the Angels are going to win the World Series but don't count them out to make a push with the moves they made as well. I, I'm you know what I I'm I uh, I can't get my words out. Nope. I know a lot of people were saying about selling Otani you know, not what you know why they're not going to re-sign him. You never know. Like it still doesn't sound like but if I tell you what the Angels make a push here that definitely helps their chances. And right now, they went from being sellers to now they're 55 and 51. They're right back in the hunt in the thick of everything. And they just made another big move where they got a couple other players um, from the Rockies, some bats added to their lineup. Yeah. And their division's tough. The West is filthy too, with the rain like the Rangers and the Astros, like though they're two heavy hitters in that division. And then I mean the Angels, like they made the moves. They could make a push, but it's going to be very tough to win the division with those two teams ahead of you. Oh, for sure. But at least for the wild card yeah. right now, they're sitting four games out. They're right. And all you have to do is get in to to give yourself a chance. And they're giving themselves a chance, especially that they, they weathered part of the storm. Now it's can they make that final push for the last two months? Gosh, you know, this is where baseball gets exciting, folks. Really. Uh you're going to feel all this intensity just completely magnify down the stretch here. But for, for the Orioles, though, again, can't say enough about what they've been able to accomplish. The Reds, actually, yeah. too, to me, is the other really feel-good story. How about that? That young Reds team, they're hanging on just the top of that NL Central right now. And actually, look no further. The Cubbies are now four mm. games back. They've battle their way back into it. So besides, honestly, the only division where there is zero chance of a team catching anybody, it's the Braves and at least 11 yeah. and a half. I think safe to say that division's over, but every single division, Orioles and Rays separated by a game and a half, Twins and Guardians, half a game, Rangers and Astros, one game, Dodgers, Giants, two games, Reds, Brewers, half a game. Buckle up, everyone. Baseball is going to get really, really fun these last two months. Buckle up indeed, Rip. We just hit the hour mark for oh, this goodness. episode. Well, So let's, uh, last but not least, let's get in to our top songs that kind of bring us back to our childhood. We're both 30 now. We're both 90s babies. 90s Born in babies. 93. Crazy stuff. But like, what are those top songs that bring you back to your childhood? We'll go like top five. Well, we'll go. We'll go song for song right now. Well, I'll tell you, it just gets me into a mood because just out of the wedding yeah. shout. Oh to yeah, me, just, oh yeah. And I'm a huge wedding crash shouts, fan. By shouts the way, a banger when it comes to weddings. When so like oh five, oh four, oh five, when Wedding Crashers came out, and that's just uh, it, one of my favorite movies of all time. And that for me, I need that song, and that can put me. On a spot, yeah, and and just send me to the moon. Should we just go top five wedding songs instead? <laughs> like, like, I think that would be better off, honestly. At this point, if you want to, that that we can do that. I, you know, tis the season, I guess. Wedding, yeah, season. man. You just came back from a, a wedding, like might as well. So, like, shouts got to be towards the top of the list. Right? Oh, shouts number one. Yeah, for we're me. doing wedding songs. We ch- we ch- we took an audible. That's my number well, one. Shouts up there for me. It's number one. Number two for me is um, and it's and it's only 
I'm not gonna put them in order, but a second song for me is uh is Love Tonight by David Guetta. And it's like all I need is a love tonight. And the reason being, we went to my buddy's bachelor party in Miami and I heard that song for the first time and I would not stop playing it. Like we had like probably 10 dudes there and like I would I played that song probably just like 20 times in a row and everyone was getting mad at me. But when we got to the wedding, everyone was like, all right, this song needs to go on because it was stuck in everyone's head. So now when like Ariana, my girlfriend knows that story. So every time it comes on at a wedding, like we like, she could be like in the, on the other side of the, uh, on the other side of like, you know, the wedding venue, like getting food or a drink or something like that. And like, we literally will like lock eyes, and like find each other in the dance floor and jam out to that. It's so it's so great. So that's definitely up there. All right, what's what's two for you? Or uh, you know, well, another one on the list. You know, I'm gonna stick kind of with yeah. old, old school. I love September Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay, gets me going. It kind of like gets gets the event going. I feel like it's one of the earlier songs in the night. Yeah, and especially if you have a good band, which there was a good band this past weekend. Bands at weddings are underrated. And Very especially underrated. really good bands. I, the band actually this weekend, they mashed together. They had good choreography, but they mashed together Party in the USA, but with Miley Cyrus, with Riding With Me, with Nelly. And I had no idea what was happening, but I was all for it. It was so great. But September for me is definitely uh, a song that uh, gets me in my feels. All right, I'm going to throw another one out there. And this is always great. Like, it's... I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you grew up with this song or you didn't grow up with this song. I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. Oh, it's just up there. Yeah. When that comes on, it's like it's game over. It's game over. That it's you great. know, you, you could really go down the list. Like that I want to dance with somebody is just iconic. Uh How Will I Know is also really great with Whitney Houston. Um gosh, now now you're making me think about all different types of one. We uh hmm. Where am I? You got another one because I'm kind of blanking on a song at the moment. I'm like looking through lists, like because like I like I I have a very bad memory when it comes to this stuff. But like when I see it, I'm like okay, like my 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 memory's a little bit blurred from Saturday. Um, but that's for for different reasons. Um, the do 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 do. I'll say this one, and O's fans might not like this because it's like a Boston Red yep, Sox song. I know where you're going Sweet with Caroline this. is 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 fire at a wedding when everyone just goes bop bop. Uh, oh like, yeah, yeah, they're jamming out to that. Yeah. We uh, That's good. we had uh, <laughs> try to think with if you go like alt alt songs with I like I like to to boogie boogie oogie, but like good sing along songs are always good. Like Mr. Brightside, Closing Time, Closing Time really can get me in in some feels um uh, bum, 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 bum. how do you feel about uh how do you feel about the cha-cha slide or the cupid shuffle <sighs> yay nay I, I like them i don't know if i need them at the wedding necessarily you know um yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at all right i got that. i got one more and this is my last one and it kind of brings me back to my my time living in Alabama, going to Crimson Tide games. Mr. Brightside is is a really good one too. Yeah, that's, by the Killers. That's uh, that is because all I could think of at Bryant Denny Stadium when 
it got to a certain point. They they had these shakers, like the you know, like I don't know if they're necessarily called pom poms, but it's like the 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 shakers, like on the stick, where yeah. like they look like pom poms, and like you shake yeah. you shake them. So it's like that's what in unison. The crowd, the student section especially, would just do that to Mr. Brightside, and it was really cool. Mr. Brightside, we actually, I had a group sing it a cappella when, when the band got cut off when they were done, and then they cut off the mics, but it didn't stop our passion. This is a different wedding. I got three, actually, that jumped to my mind real quickly. The one is um, Gimme Gimme, uh, ABBA. <laughs> I, I'm all on that one. Uh, honestly, and I, I don't want to hear anybody say anything otherwise. I love that song. Play that funky music gets me going as well. And All Star by Smash. All Star by Smash. All Star is good. Smash and there's Mouth so brings many. me back. Yeah, and I'm a believer too. That's not at a wedding, but like that's like that was like the Shrek uh, soundtrack. Yeah, sound soundtrack. And I'll that's even soundtrack. say I'll <laughs> even say for Poppy songs, believe by share that gets going. I, I get it. I get in my feels, guys. I'm an emotional person. Listen, we might have some questionable playlists here, but it's okay. We listen to what we listen to. It is what it is. We I, we like a lot of music, but we want to hear what you guys I, like. On, uh, like on my playlist, though, like on my if I'm talking like gym playlist or like my favorite like go to playlist, I'll listen to any type of music. So like I don't like strictly like pop, I don't strictly like rap, not you know, don't strictly like rock or country. I will listen to whatever. Like my gym playlist is the craziest thing in the world. I have like um what is it? Cuz I like to kind of lift to like heavy music because it like pumps you up a little bit. But like if I go through up. all right, pull, pull up your playlist real quick before we go. Like my my cuz I know you got to drive back to DC. But I have like on my gym playlist, I'll go through some right now. I have like Rob Zombie, Slipknot, Papa Roach, Linkin Park. But then I also have, hold on. I have like Drake. I have Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah you, you diversify it. I have Metallica, Motley Crue, Migos. I think I've Luke made Holmes, like it's I've, like I've made like four or five different play, playlists, and I just would switch them if it goes in the move. Like I have like a strict yeah a rap one. I have house music, and then I have like a strict pop one. I have like a throwback '90s, 2000s. I have some '70s, '80s. Like you name it, I'm right there with you. I will say some like super heavy metal songs do scare me a little bit. They scare me too, but they scare me in a good way. Like if I hear like. There's this one. It's called uh, called like counting worms. What? And it's yeah, oh, dude. It's like if you. I don't. I don't know if like I don't want to get copyright in trouble for this, but like yeah, the beginning of it and is I'm just scared. like crazy. And yeah, it's I'm a uh, terrified. It's oh, it's definitely terrifying. But it's uh, that's what I'll throw on at the gym in the headphones, and and it's just like, why are you listening? It's called. It's by Knocked Loose. It's called Counting Worms. Well, I might go listen to that for about two seconds. Yeah, you'd probably like you know. Yeah, lady, you're scaring us. That's how I feel. Sloppy Joes. Um, (sighs) Yeah, but those, you know, share us your your music taste. We, you know, I like anything. I don't knock anyone for not liking certain genres, but I will literally listen to anything. If I hate it, I'll tell you. But for the most part, I like all types of music. So, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you for putting up with us again for another week. 
uh, we that, just talk. We just ramble. We I'm do tired. ramble. And we, but again, again, whatever you guys want to talk, we're going to bring back the mailbag, the Rip and Rock mailbag. We're going to bring back. Please tell us your songs, anything you want us to talk about as well. And I'll see if I can do this part right then. So we are, you can find us on any of the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, you name it. If it's available on a podcast platform, you can listen to us. I'm at Ryan Ripkin on Twitter and Instagram. Rocco is at Rocco DeSangro on Twitter. R DeSangro on Instagram. Go check out some hot pics of him. And then... What? No hot picks? No hot picks. No. Okay. Well, they're coming soon. <laughs> and uh, I think that's that's it for this one. Just have a great week, everyone. Thanks for uh, thanks for putting up with us, Rock. Yeah, that's thanks for putting up with us, dealing with us uh, week in and week out. Like Brian said, share your thoughts with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in to a brand new episode of Rip and Rock. I know the episodes have been dropping in weird days lately not strictly on monday but we're going to get back to that monday routine coming up and we'll let you guys know we're going to change anything up thanks again for tuning in we'll see you next week